Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. So welcome to our year in review for the Plant Cunning Podcast. We haven't done a duo show in a while. Yeah. It's been like, I think, a whole year at least. Mm-hmm. So this will be our chance to catch up with you all and let you know what being, what has been going on in our lives and get a chance to review everything that we've done this year. So it's been a really, really busy year. It's been one of the most productive, anxiety-inducing, uh, <laughs> and intense years yeah. so far for me, which is good. You know, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. <laughs> also not yeah, fun, but <laughs> yeah, both fun and not fun. You know, mm-hmm. Challenging. Challenging. Yeah. But we've overcome yeah. all the challenges. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We started off the year in January and February and a little bit into March, I think. Or it was, it was like January and February. January and February. We went yeah. to Florida and we traveled in our truck with our dog and camped out along the way or stayed with friends like all down the east coast of florida to key west and up through the everglades and up the west coast and ended kind of in gainesville before we came back north we hung out in like the ocala gainesville area for a few weeks with Mm -hmm. some different friends yeah i went to the rainbow gathering in ocala and isaac got to see some of his friends from tat organization just like a retreat i did a retreat with art tickner who we interviewed you know many episodes ago mm-hmm. he's my main spiritual teacher but we did a lot that that trip we were there for six we were in florida for six weeks and we saw so many different people and we're at so many different places this is the first time that we've been able to travel yeah in years since 2019 mm-hmm. Which we're used to traveling every year, pretty much. Like, yeah, her business is traveling or farmer. <laughs> so I used to travel around my school bus, or it's, yeah, we met met in Arizona, you know, yeah. when, I, when my band was on tour, and she, you know, she was mm-hmm. in the bus. Yeah. So I would go. Our band would go on tour every winter down to Florida and to California and so on. Mm-hmm. But so it's been different being on being on the on the land. Now the bus is parked as our guest house, and we have friends and people come and help out and like stay in the bus and so we definitely still have like the traveling itch you know the desire to travel so that was nice so we got to do that this winter and our dear friend marina watched the place for us and took care of the ducks and geese and cats for us while we were gone so we were leaving the homestead in good hands which really makes all the difference when you go and live for that long so it was really fun to explore parts of Florida I hadn't been to. I spent way more time around Miami and like south of Miami towards Key West than I have before, where there's just such amazing tropical fruits. Yeah. It was just incredible uh, to taste some of these fruits for the first time. Yeah, that was one of the definitely the highlights for me. I mean, we didn't go into Miami proper, but no. like Homestead is like yeah. just a little south of Miami. But then when you're down there in South Florida, it's like actually tropics. Yeah. And they have coconuts and they have mm-hmm. mangoes and they have all these amazing sapotes. We tried black sapote, yeah. which is a, it's actually a persimmon. It's a diospyrus genus. 
It's like a custard fruit, though. Yeah, it's so like, you scoop it out with a spoon, like pudding. It's like black pudding, like chocolate mm-hmm. pudding, in this like green fruit, and it does like a, like a like a persimmon, but it's its own thing too. Yeah. The sapote is, I think, comes from a uh, native word that means soft fruit, and there's a bunch of different sapotes that are native to Central and Northern and South America, Central America. That are all unrelated, but they're all called sapote. So we had the black sapote, which is related to persimmons. We also had mames, mammy, mammy, mame sapote, which was amazing too. It was instead of black flesh, it was like a orange, like papaya. Yeah, kind of like, like papaya. Yeah, it was a little bit more tropical fruit flavor, but still very soft, like you ate it with a spoon. I think my favorite, though, was Canistel. Yeah, the Canistel. I think that's also a sapote, but that was also unrelated. I think it might be related to the, the mame. It's more like a mm-hmm. yellow custard. Like It reminded me of creme brulee. Yeah. Like Vanilla-y. Definitely like creme brulee or like egg, like custard. Yeah, like egg dessert. custard. Oh. So, so amazing. So. Oh, and the star so fruits were also amazing. Yeah, you can, you can eat like 20 of those at the sitting. I think it's like juice. Have a lot of oxalic acid, so you're maybe not supposed to eat 20 of them in that thing. But so what we did, we on the when we were down there in South Florida, is we got to visit a lot of different botanical gardens. And they have this botanical garden in in South Florida in Homestead, the Tropical Fruit and Spice Botanical Garden, and that was amazing. Botanical Fruit and Spice Park. It's a state park botanical garden. And we got to see all these different trees growing and, and pick up fruit from the, the, the ground. And that, that that's always our favorite thing to do when we're traveling is to go to botanic gardens. So yeah. we also went to like the botanic gardens in Key West, which is more the native flora. Like the fruit and spice park was more just fruits and spices. And, and, and we, so we saw like allspice and mm. all these other, and anatto we, we Tried a natural used as lipstick. Yeah, it's got this really amazing kind of brick red color. I yeah, put some on my lips and it's like the exact shade of lipstick that I would like like to wear most of the time. It was like, yes, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the, the famous food like dye plants that you mm-hmm. use in food like the natural food coloring. Mm-hmm. But in the 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 Key West Botanical Garden, we met all the the native plants to South Florida and one of them was uh, Jamaican dogwood, which is a fantastic yeah. medicinal plant, which once we met it and, and met it in person, in plant person, we were then able to see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so we found some, we got to harvest some bark uh, yeah, for medicine. The first time that I had like used resources to identify a plant in a while, you know, like, I'm not sure what this is. Let's go seek it out. And I relied entirely on Seven Song's post on Jamaican Dogwood or Presidia. He, if you go to sevensong.com and look up Jamaican dog, Dogwood, it'll come up. And he just gave the most like detailed pictures of this is what it looks like from far away. This is like a cluster of them together. This is like up close in the bark. This is leaf. So we were able to identify it with confidence. And yeah, then once we saw it, we saw it all over the place. But it really was below a certain point, like in Key West itself, and a little in bit South Florida, outside yeah. in South Florida. But it's like a, it's a tropical plant, so yeah, it's like so the it's only really place it grows in the not US. anywhere else. Yeah, maybe, maybe in California, Southern California, or Hawaii, or something. But yeah, definitely. I don't think it's it's not, maybe naturalized there, but I think it's mm-hmm. mainly Caribbean. Yeah. Central American. 
plant. Yeah, and it was just, it was really exciting to get some. And then we were at a campground and we were shaving the bark down. And then we were like babying it in different like spots we were staying, yeah. like taking it in the brown bags that you're starting in out to like dry and crisp up. You didn't want it to rot, obviously, because mm -hmm. we put all that work into getting it. Yeah, but and, yeah. It's a really great pain relieving tincture. So I'm excited to have that in the apothecary. Yeah. That was definitely one of the, that was one of the highlights for sure. Meeting favorite the plants to meet. Mm -hmm. We also, they have all these giant orchid shops down there. You go in and there's just like rows and rows of orchids. Oh, it's amazing. So yeah, we got dancing lady orchid. It's like a, mm -hmm. It's not like the typical orchids you see in the supermarkets in like the north with like pink one. It's like a, a yellow one. It has all these small little orchids in a big like plume. Yeah. And they're just, they're just gorgeous. We saw that at the campground we were at in a, mm -hmm. in a tree. They, they put it on a tree. And they were like, we, gotta, we should get one of those. Yeah. So we, we went to like three or four different orchid places just to scope, you know, all the different types of orchids and take it all in. It was amazing. Yeah, and they're so inexpensive compared, and you can get, they have all these other orchids that you can't, you don't see up here. <laughs> the trick is just driving them back through cold yeah. country up to the northern part of New York. <laughs> like, But they made it. We, they made they're it. actually blooming right now in yeah. our bathroom. Yeah, so. they're doing great. So we got a second bloom from this year. It's really exciting. Yeah, we actually got one of them like half off or whatever because it was done flowering. And that one's just sending out its flower spike right now. And the yeah. other one we had was, was just, or maybe it was the other way around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but we got two of them and they're, they're both, one of them's just finished blooming and one of them is just starting to bloom. So we had orchids, yeah. we had tropical fruit, we had uh, Jamaican dogwood. And all the animals that we got to see down there. We oh, went through alligators. Everglades and yeah. you're the first time you've seen that many alligators? Well, that's definitely the first time I've seen that many alligators. Like on the yeah. way down there, we were like, I was like, where are the alligators? I'm <laughs> trying to see some alligators. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch an alligator. I want to ride an alligator. No, no. but then when you're driving through through the Everglades, I'm like, oh, there's an there's an alligator, there's an alligator, there's an so alligator. Many. There's, there's like hundreds of alligators mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah, I guess that's why they call it Alligator Alley. Yep. And the Anhingas, which yeah. like to hang out in the gator country too. There's just like huge flocks, kind of like the way we see flocks of like turkey vultures, but more so they like hang out in the trees like turkey vultures that kind of remind me. And then they like fan out their wings yeah. in the sun, like after they dive into the water. So yeah, they're really interesting. And bird. all the different egrets and cranes yeah. and spoonbills. And mm -hmm. we got to do a lot of... um kayaking with some friends down there yeah. so that was a, that was pretty sweet too mm -hmm. but to really explore the the wild lands mm -hmm. a little bit down in florida which is they're just so different than than up here yeah, <laughs> yeah just so different yeah we, we um, cypress trees yeah the cypress trees we saw a cottonmouth we were hiking with some of our friends in in gainesville and we passed it, we passed it, and then we walked back and our friend pointed it out. It's like we had walked like within a couple feet of this coiled up yeah. cottonmouth around the, in the, in the, between some tree roots and we didn't even see it. That's a little scary, but yeah. 
So yeah, so we went. Then we went to Rainbow, and we went. To, I did my retreat with Art, and we visited some friends, and then we headed back home. We actually, that's also when we had a crisis. Our yeah. first crisis. Well, we actually had several crises, crises during the trip. You know, like when <laughs> the when I got stuck in the sand. Well, when the 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 wheel almost fell off the truck in mm. going down the highway. Oh, that one. Yeah, mm. we we got, had like <laughs> had some some had some problems. We had, got it fixed at a, at a place in in Asheville on the way down, and they must have put on the tires wrong. But one of them they must put on too tight. It almost like we the were bolts. the bolts snapped Just off. They snapped. sheared off while we were driving, like, and it was as we were pulling over that they sheared off. So like we were hearing some problems happening, and then we pulled over, and I, I found all the little bolts that had sheared mm-hmm. off. So it was like that could have been really bad, but we had some some help there, some yeah. protection. Yeah, but there, you know, all those kind of crises that happen when you're traveling, the you know, roughing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, you know, my mom lives really close to where the Ohio train derailment is happening. And she was real freaked out when that happened in February. So we brought her up here to our farm on the way back. And that was a whole other situation, which we won't, we won't have to get into that. But that was one of the, one of the intense things that happened this year. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of focused on helping out my mom and doing that kind of stuff for the, the, winter and spring like the late spring late late winter early spring and then i was also working on finishing up the heathen golden dawn which is going to come out this april i actually still have to get back i have to get some things done sent back to them i'm i'm not very good at like these kind of deadlines and stuff you got it <laughs> but that should be out in april with aeon and that's like it's kind of a niche subject material like if you're interested in like heathen heathenry and ceremonial magic it'll be up your alley but that was kind of a big thing for me because it I, I feel like it's my my like ma <laughs> my master's thesis in occultism and it'll be the first book that that i'm publishing so that that, that feels good yeah it's very exciting and then i guess the re- like the rest of the spring and summer was i mean we did a lot of other stuff you we went to rainbow we had a lot of stuff going on, but we had this this big the conference. We had the plant cutting conference happening in September, so uh, we were not ready. We had all like <laughs> putting on a conference takes takes yeah. so many. There's so many moving parts, so many little things that need to be done. Plus, we're hosting it here. We hosted it here, so we had to get the place ready. And we had this giant, beautiful barn, and it's like a mid 1800s hand hewn timber timber framed barn it's like huge we fit 125 people in it but it was covered it was filled with crap and like literally a crap sandwich there was a layer of of pigeon shit on top and then like stuff lots of stuff just boxes of things like she was a hoarder and then just filled the barn up with stuff and then on the bottom there is like 100 year old cow manure so we pick things up and put them down many times yeah we so we had some some sales we sold everything yeah. we could and then we had a dumpster and threw away everything that was never going to sell i think the total was six dumpsters that's over the floor over the over last since, four years, since we, but since we moved this in. summer we had two yeah this summer we had two dumpsters 
the book, the big ones. Yeah, and I don't know how. I don't know how we collected all this. Just like they were doing like eBay yeah. store stuff, but and they had like they had like barn sales, but it's just yeah. like every, all the good stuff had already been picked through, yeah. and we found some amazing things in there. But then just every, all the stuff that nobody wanted was left over. And I'm talking like mold, you know, we burned a lot of the moldy, like yeah. moldy puzzles and furniture and stuff like that. But anyway, that was a, that was a kind of a big, that was a big project because there's a lot of stuff in that barn. And then we had, we, what's it called when you do the power spray water? Power wash. Power wash. We power washed the whole, the whole inside of the barn multiple times. Yeah. Which opened actually opened up the 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 hundred yeah, year old it was... cow manure smell, which wasn't present before. It was yeah, once like, it got a little wet, it was, it was like, oh, there's an mm, that aroma of hundred year old manure. Yeah, but <laughs> it's very rustic. Yeah, but it it, 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 it once it opened and let, and kind of it mellowed out. We mellowed out. It didn't dry up for again. the conference, so that's yeah. good. It was, it was it was great. Yeah, Isaac actually did this whole construction project too right before the conference, where he ripped out these old stanchions for cows for milking and like floor on top of floor you know how people will just like put a new floor on top of the old like raggedy floor level it the best they can he just like ripped all that out so that he could start fresh and put a lovely new what kind of wood was it like lovely hemlock hemlock, it's hemlock, a, yeah, hemlock floor that's like it's a good gorgeous. third of the barn was actually yeah. that stand those stanchions and we needed that space yeah if we were gonna fit as many people as we were having coming in from registration so he just rallied and did it, so it looks great. Yeah, that was really that was really where the hundred year old manure was. It was under yeah. in those stanchions. So yeah, so there was the stanchions that we rebuilt. So we built it into like a like a floor, because uh, it was deep. We couldn't just like fill it in. I mean, we could have maybe filled it in with stone, but that would have been a lot, a lot of expense and a lot of work. So mm -hmm. we just built built the the floor out of the hemlock, local hemlock. So it was nice. Yeah. yeah. Fit everyone great. And then we, and you know, meanwhile, we're also like working on all the gardens and podcasts yeah. and mm -hmm. everything else, like all the businesses. And she went off to, to rainbow. Mm -hmm. That was, that was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a two week camping adventure with about a thousand of my friends, <laughs> not all of which I knew, but it was raining it rained every single day that we were there in the last couple of days there was like catastrophic flooding like you might have heard about the flooding in vermont that took out towns and like the water was coming out of the earth and out of the sky and there was like lightning that struck like feet from us at one of the councils that we had at the end of the gathering and at the very beginning of the gathering, I got a really bad burn from hot water on my leg. It was like day two that I was there. So I was kind of nursing this burn the whole time, even up until the conference. It was like almost not entirely healed. And then. Yeah, there it, there was like, yeah, there were was some intense. adventures. It was an intense gathering for for everybody, but it was also like really fun. Like we had this awesome house show with five different musicians at our camp and I was working with Everyone's Medical, which is the first aid tent, and really got to offer some support via like cooking and making tea for Everyone's Medical volunteer crew. And yeah, I got to work with uh, an amazing midwife and another herbalist and Seven Song and some of Seven Song students. So 
it's always really fun to see like what kind of healing can happen under a tarp with a dirt floor in the woods because a lot of the folks that have come into the that come into the evidence medical really don't see outside practitioners they're not going to like a doctor and so they're getting like better care than they would in the cities that they're living in or in the countries other country towns that they're from so that is always really interesting for me about the rainbow gatherings yeah but. so then i guess we come to the conference that was yeah. sort of the big highlight of the summer things we were working working towards mm -hmm. all year man it was it was so much <laughs> but it came together fantastically we had the support of our close friends who helped make sure it happened we had some amazing speakers uh, matthew wood and zamboni came a few days early and hung out with us while everything was coming together and that was pretty sweet got to hang out with them a little bit have some fun conversations and then all the speakers that came were amazing and all the people that came were amazing too so if you're hearing this and you were there thank you for for being there you helped make it what it what it was but i couldn't be any happier with how it turned out there's a lot of things that we want to do better for for next year mm -hmm. and it was yeah it was definitely a lot of work i was in charge of all the food that was a big challenge making sure everyone got fed but what everyone said yeah everybody's reviews were, were glowing everyone seemed to have a great time and we had we maxed out and we had 125 people which is as many people as we could fit into the barn so yeah that feels really good too for a first year event to have to have like a maxed capacity situation we will in the next in next year be able to have more than that because we're going to do a larger tent so we can have for like the 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 sessions where everybody comes together like the opening ceremony and the keynote and stuff we can have it in a tent that can fit 200 people instead of instead of in the barn and then the barn can be one of the main workouts uh, workshop spaces so then we can fit half more people here because the camping was we could have fit more camping we could have fit more people in the in the camping we could have fit more parking but we just didn't fit any more in the in the actual barn so that's like the limiting factor and next year yeah that's one of the things you know for the first year event it turned out really well we learned a lot and we're excited for next year mm -hmm. or some of your takeaways uh from from the conference well i was really grateful just in some of the pre-planning phases to have the support of Woodland Essence as one of our main sponsors and Maple Creative, who is a online like website and tech firm that helps small businesses and artists like, you know, get their businesses together. And Maple helped us build the website and Woodland Essence helped us to immediately pay for some of the expenses like the tent and the porta potties and things like that. So it really made a difference for my anxiety levels going in to have that kind of support. And then I guess some of the takeaways are similar to what you said, the speakers being just like bringing such interesting topics up and sharing their knowledge. It was interesting that Olga Sogas from Smugtown Mushrooms found like dozens more mushrooms than we even knew were in our own woods that we walk all the time. Like, I don't know how they did that, but fungi people are special like that, I guess. And Don 
from Woodland Essence came out of retirement to do a woods walk and share some stories and like folklore. And that was a really fun walk. And yeah, it was, it was just like a, a really big weekend for me. It kind of felt surreal, like honestly, from the standpoint of like all the work that went up into it. Like once we just kind of hit play on the conference and things were in motion and like the speakers took over and knew when they needed to go. The volunteers were incredible. Peggy, our friend Peggy Sharp did an amazing job with the volunteer management and making sure that everyone knew what to do. And part of everyone knowing not like what to do was not to ask me questions, but to go <laughs> to Peggy. And that yeah. was like the best thing that could have happened for me <laughs> for the conference because they all were like completely held and taken care of by Peggy. But I, you know, could also respond to the things that attendees were coming to me for because I was, you know, obviously the one of the hosts, me and Isaac. So yeah, there's lots of things that come up in the moment. And so I kind of felt like I was just trying to take it in as much as possible and enjoy it as much as possible. And yeah, I was really pleased with, with the how the overall conference went and how amazing people who came were folks came alone not knowing anyone and they left like having shared amazing conversations with people in between sessions or at meals or at the music the music was also incredible we had a great time yeah. dancing we had was it four different acts yeah yeah Cleo jade and liana gable colin and the crows joey and never showing yeah and yeah we just it was really cool to see the barn light up with music yeah. and boot stomping fun and like the barn was just made for that it was made for exactly what we did that weekend you know i feel like the spirits of this land and of the barn home here like really welcomed people and made it so that it was like a really safe container for folks to just relax in and enjoy the space here which is like all that we can ask for as like the hosts of an event like this so I think we're going to do it again next year yeah we're really excited we actually have i think it's going to be september 13th the weekend the the full moon weekend before the full moon in september and so we're still working on getting some speakers lined up and getting everything rolling but that's the plan right now so if you were you know if you were thinking about it that's that's the time mark to the calendar. mark the calendar yeah, yeah. And email us too with any suggestions for next year or speakers that you think would be on point for this type of thing. So yeah, yeah, we'd love to to hear from y'all. So another thing that this year that was really big um, for me was studying geotish with Freedom Cole. And that's something that I had kind of been wanting to do for a little while. And we had him on the show in, in February. And after that, talking with him, that in that episode, I, re I realized that like, yeah, this is my teacher. I need to be studying mm -hmm. with this guy. Mm -hmm. I need to be studying in this tradition. And I'm just so glad I did it. The tradition itself is a, is a very powerful tradition. So freedom's guru, it comes from, is part of a lineage, a family lineage of royal astrologers. And by the time he was eight, he had memorized the Brat Prasha Horshoster and he was like, you know, so he, he was trained from a child to, to, to become a master astrologer in this lineage that had actually a lot of secrets that he, when he became a, a full-fledged astrologer, 
and wrote books, he started to bring some of these teachings out. And so he's actually one of the most well-known astrologers in the world now, uh, Sanjay Roth. So this is the Kutananda Das lineage. But freedom is also an amazing teacher, and especially for like my temperament. So, and it's also a really, was a really intense uh, course, which is also something that I enjoy. So like maybe 60 people started and like 30 people actually finished because of the workload. Like it was like literally 15 to 20 hours a week minimum of study. And like, it's like learning a whole language. And, you know, I have, I, I've had some, you know, training in, in, in like Renaissance techniques and so on, but this is a whole other, other language. It has all these, it's using a sidereal, the sidereal zodiac, it's using the whole side houses and all these other things, Aruta Lugnas, you know, ama these amazing tools and techniques. And I feel like I'm really able to now, after having graduated from the level one, to like, to look at somebody's chart and see the karmic or archetypical framework of the person and find where like problems are happening on the, on that karmic level and then be able to offer like basic remedies. Uh, so I'm very excited about that and sign up for level two for next year too. But uh, at this point I can start taking, and I, this is, I just graduated like two weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm now able to do readings for the general public on a don donation basis. So if you're interested in getting a Vedic astrology reading from me, uh, drop me a line at, at plantcunning at gmail.com or info at plantcunning.com and you can set up a a uh, a reading for donation so yeah that's definitely something that was a big part of my year and really glad i did i feel like it's taken me to a whole other level uh, and if you're thinking about doing his class i would definitely recommend it highly especially if you have the time to devote to it because it is a commitment it's definitely a commitment but it's also like if for me it's like it was it was what got me through this year <laughs> and he also might not be teaching it forever so yeah yeah so he, he's a fantastic teacher as well so yeah that's that's where we're yeah that was another big thing we want to talk about Those some of... like three really big accomplishments this year for you yeah a book conference conference and, and the Jyotish and graduating from yeah the Jyotish Vedic astrology oh. program freedom yeah science really of light good. so should we talk a little bit of some of our favorite our favorite plants from this year New England Aster stole the show at the conference so yeah. that's top of mind it's like this gorgeous purple flower with a yellow center and I have seen New English Aster <laughs> New England aster grow in the wild, you know, among the golden rod side of road in these like little clumps and it's just gorgeous. But Isaac composted and nurtured and weeded around this like New England aster clump that was in our prairie area. Prairie. Yeah, I've transplanted it there and I, I put mm -hmm. I, I divided one into three and put them together. Yeah. So it's now it's like one giant clump. It's just really yeah. ridiculous. It's like this giant bush of new england aster even now it's you know dead but the seed heads are still in this like giant form and there's snow forming on them and it's just such a presence in the garden still so people were like that's new england aster like wow that is a robust looking plant right there <laughs> so yeah. it's so pretty yeah. it's so gorgeous yeah and it's a good medicinal plant too 
So it has yeah. a center stage in our medicinal prairie area. Yes. <laughs> native native prairie. And then you also you, you really liked the rose the rose this year? Yeah, I harvested several times from the rose bushes in our garden and it's just like such a special plant in general, but yeah, these roses have held their color dried beautifully. I made a Tulsi rose tea blend to sell at market and there's just something about these roses. They're just so beautiful and vibrant and so comforting and they've really offered many of my friends and clients support in times of grief and sorrow to be, you know, put into like rose glycerin or even rose tincture in a blend with some hawthorn and maybe some motherwort and some mosa and Tulsi peach leaf. Like I've been making these grief formulas that people have found a lot of comfort in. I think the rose really is carrying a lot of that load of a heavy heart in this one so yeah Yeah, and this is a this is a variety that this rosebush was actually here Um, and it's we i don't know the exact name of the variety but it's some kind of old-fashioned damask rose and it only blooms for like three weeks to a month in like june june july like and it's just the most wonderful smelling rose ever gorgeous gorgeous amazing smell yeah it's a really powerful plant. The calendula also did really well this year. Yeah. Which, you know, it, does, it likes to do well. I like to have lots of calendula around. But we, we, we like transplanted a bunch because we have the greenhouse now this year. Mm-hmm. And so they self-seeded in the greenhouse and we're already growing well before the last frost outside. So we were able to dig up a bunch of the seedlings from the greenhouse and then put them outside and get a jump on, on them. So we had like hundreds, hundreds of seedlings. So we had like whole rows yeah. of calendula, and that was that was just gorgeous all summer. Love love calendula. That's what such a fantastic flower and herb. Mm-hmm. And then the red amaranth as well. Yeah, I had this beautiful patch of red amaranth and magenta lambs quarters, and then some of the native goosefoot lambs quarters in a place I had just composted. I moved the compost pile, and then they all grew right there. And it was it was a great it was our greens our morning right. greens for most of the summer so there's also there. some dandelions that were like the leaves were like the size of your arm yeah so i would harvest dandelion like one leaf to put in with our sauteed greens yeah no the red amaranth is just so red yeah. so you can i actually like <clears throat> i don't know if this is too much information but you know how when you eat beets the next day sometimes you're like if you forgot you ate beets you're like oh crap what a you know, am I like bleeding out of my butt? But no, actually, it's just the beets, right? Stanthocyanines. But the same thing with these, these amaranth, this red amaranth. Yeah. We just, instead of eating our greens, we call it eating our reds. Yeah. So that's a good, that's some, that's some good medicine too. And then in the fall, they, you know, their seed heads are gorgeous yeah. and they're really great in dried wreaths and dried bouquets. Our friends got married this fall and they had lots of amaranth throughout their flower gardens and their bouquets and it just like it's beautiful and i guess you you can eat the seeds we haven't done that yet have you done that in the past oh uh, yeah yeah it's kind of, they're it's kind of like a millet or well they're they're related to the quinoa, quinoa yeah. yeah the lambsquares are more closely related but they're they're all they're all related they're just really very tiny i mean you'll see yeah you'll have amaranth flower in some of the ancient ancient grains you know situations mm-hmm. they're good it's just very tiny 
every time you roll sneak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that is something. You know, you you, you'll like knock, do all like a bunch of getting all the seeds and then winnowing them, and then you're left with like you know that much (laughs) tiny little amount. (laughs) But yeah, so those are some of the those are some amazing amazing plants highlight plants of this year. And then we finally got the pleurisy root going too in the the butterfly butterfly weed. It's just such a beautiful vibrant orange color so it's adding all these pops of orange low to the ground it's like about a foot to two foot tall plant and so that's like at the front of the prairie and but anyway yeah the prairie is coming along really nicely yeah yeah and this year was a great year for a lot of my trees you know i started all these these trees from cuttings or from Mm. seed you know some of the persimmons are really actually starting to take off a little bit now the pear trees that I've grafted and all those the trees are are actually you know takes them a few years to get their roots in and then then they start start getting big. The hedge we planted out front uh, yeah. is is actually like a full hedge now with mm-hmm. the the you have elderberry there and nanking cherry and roses and then a sweet cicely and a bunch of sochan sochan yeah sochan's great too yeah so. Yeah, what what's what are some of your favorite plant cutting podcast episodes from this year? Yeah, we had some really great guests on this year. I really vibed with Lucy Jones, the self-sufficient herbalist, and I love her new book that we talked about during the episode. She grows a lot of her own herbs or harvests her own herbs for her apothecary, and she's just such a joyful plant person that I really enjoyed speaking with her. So I would definitely recommend that one. And I liked talking with our friend Olga Sogas as well from Smugtown Mushrooms. We learned some things about ways of preparing mushrooms. We talked about a lion's mane ceviche that then at the conference she actually made for us and we got to taste it. And it was like just such a great moment to um, get to try try that firsthand when I was like talking to her on the episode and my mouth was watering I was like I can't wait to do that but of course I never did it but she 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 got to yeah make it for us so uh, that was a fun episode and she's just like hilarious she's a down-to-earth um yeah funny person well I definitely really like the freedom freedom Cole episode obviously started studying with him but put together a lot of stuff for me as far as like the interaction between like ayurveda and astrology medical astrology spiritual astrology remedies all that kind of stuff i really that was it was mind-blowing for me i also really enjoyed ken asmuth's episode he's the dacrum oikos tree crops which and he's just a funny down-to-earth guy too yeah and he just loves plants Mm -hmm. so you gotta (laughs) just like geek out on plants which is always fun i mean that's kind of one of the reasons for doing this show is to get a geek out about plants and astrology and spirituality and all those kind of things with with folks so yeah so it's been a good year good definitely a little bit intense but but on the on the whole a very powerful year so yeah i guess that's the is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we wrap it up i not really i think that's the, the the major points but i am excited for looking ahead we're not going to do that right now but for looking at the year ahead we're about to interview zamboni funk next week to do your ahead astrology forecast so i'm excited for that and look out for that episode next yeah 
Okay. Well, cheers. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.